We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 002 of the VMNBA show. Your boy, Nick the Lamb here, and joining me on the other end, my guy, one half of the greatest tag team in the world, the best podcasting backcourt in the world, my guy, Impy. What's good, brother, brother? Miro, what's good, man? How you doing today? Happy Wednesday. It's snowing here in New York City. I don't know about you over there, bro. Yeah, we got like... uh what was it? One or two inches. People thought it'd be a storm as always, but then underselling. Yeah. Weatherman, easiest job in the world, huh? Weatherman and fantasy football experts. <laughs> right? Like Matthew Barry tells you to start a guy and he shits the bed. Matthew Barry's still making this bread, though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But chilly day here in New York City. Um. It's kind of weird without any basketball, man. It's like I'm look, I'm like I'm like on team, like scrolling through the guide, and it's like, what am I gonna watch? Like, there's a lot of great college basketball too, but um, you know, I, it's 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 I need my fix. I need my NBA fix real bad. Coming back soon though, Thursday. Yeah, well, there'll be an NBA on Thursday, uh, tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen to this show. But shout out real quick to everybody that uh. Gave us some positive feedback on the debut of the new layout that we've done for Veterans Minimum. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't checked that out, there's an episode. Last Monday's episode was dedicated to what the new layout and the transformation of Veterans Minimum is going to be now in the off season, the football off season that is. So go check that out. But just to reiterate real quick, we'll be getting an NBA show pretty much every week, right, Ip? Yep, every week. Um, 
It's a twenty. It's a twenty-four-seven-three-six-five sport, uh, and so that's what we're going to give to you, without a doubt. Over the weekend, MP, we had uh, NBA All Star Weekend. Now, I don't know about you, but I I enjoy All Star Weekend, man. It I take it for what it is. You know, it's showcasing the sport. It's it's a chance for everybody to just lean back, chill, relax, have a good time, party it up. But it's yeah. a showcase for the sport. Emerging stars, new household names are made based on the dunk contest or the three-point contest or the rookies and sophomore game, which is now the U.S. versus the world, right? Yeah. It's funny. I want to kind of call uh, call to attention something that you mentioned when we recorded last week. You said the All-Star game is a is a guards is a guards game. Right. Yeah. It's, it's for you want to see, you don't want to see big guys in the post, you know, shooting, you know, 10 foot baby hooks. Um, and it's funny that, you know, Anthony Davis was being interviewed. I don't I don't remember who was who was interviewing him. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, a- even Anthony Davis said in an interview, like, you know, the all star game is for the guards. You know, he even was on the record saying it. So, um, you know, pat yourself on the back there, bud, that, you know, one of the best players in the league, um, you know, is, 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 is in your you know, he, he's in the club. He agrees with you there. I mean, I got the box score pulled up in front of me, and Damian Lillard, I believe, shot 18 three-pointers. <laughs> you know, so it's like Russell Westbrook was 8 of 20 from the field. It's it, it's all guards because the guard is more flashy. It's more explosive and whatnot. Also, more three-pointers are taken, and people want to see high score, and people want to see no defense. You want to see flashy dunks and whatnot. I mean, the the one clip that's been going around that went viral was the bounce alley-oop that Curry threw to Giannis because of how high Giannis got on up on that. Yeah. Uh and 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 speaking of Giannis, right? Um you know, he throws that dunk down in the All-Star game and then kind of like does one of those quote retweets of like, "Hmm, should I do the dunk contest next year?" Uh and then you see like Donovan Mitchell kind of like retweet him writing like if Giannis does the dunk contest next year, I'll do the dunk contest next year. And then obviously Zion will be in the league next year, whether it's the first pick or the second pick or the third pick, wherever he goes. Uh, Giannis is a pro- uh, not Giannis. Uh, uh, Zion's a prime candidate for the dunk contest. So, um, you know, I was kind of unimpressed with the dunk contest this year. Uh, way too many attempts. Right. I think they should try to kind of set a limit on it. Right. Like maybe one or two attempts max. I don't really know, but kind of unimpressed with the dunk contest. Um, but it would be interesting if you can kind of get, you know, those three big names in there next year. Uh, but dude, three point contest. Uh, definitely a lot of fun. Uh, it was funny to see a Del Curry, uh, Steph and Seth's dad uh, straight up be like, yo, I'm rooting for Seth. Uh, Steph's got, you know, MVPs and he's won this already before and he's won a ring. Like, so, you know, Seth's got nothing. I'm rooting for my son, this son of mine. So, uh, it was cool to see like that opening, that openness and the honesty, uh, uh, from Del Curry too. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta figure, man, it must be tough being Seth Curry. You know, your brother is arguably the best player in the league or one of the best players in the league. I mean, that, I don't think you can argue. He is one of the best players in the league, but he's one of the household names. You know, he's become an international sensation now. And he's, he's sorry to cut you off, but he's also a game changer. He, he changed the, the game of basketball, in my opinion, in this era, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Him. Uh, if you look at the NFL, the quarterback position, Pat Mahomes, yeah. right. I think there's a lot of parallels between, between those two guys, but yeah, Steph Curry, man, for sure. Now it's, you need a guard that could hit threes at a high rate or else you're yeah. not going to have a chance in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, um, speaking of which, the three-point <laughs> contest was good to your boy. Yo, so 
I wasn't too high on Joe Harris coming in. Granted, uh, you know, I don't watch much net. I don't watch many Nets games, although I should. I think they brought in Joe Harris on like a two-year non-guaranteed contract. And this kid comes out there and wins the three-point contest at what? I think like plus 700 or something close to it. So, you know, $100 investment nets you back 700, which is tremendous value. Um, but just like shout-outs to, shout to Joe Harris, like a guy that was that no one really knew, I, if I had to guess. And like I said, two-year unguaranteed deal to win in the three-point contest, which is dope. Yeah, so the one thing I'll say about Joe Harris, and, you know, if you guys follow me on social media at The Lamb Show, you saw that I was in Atlantic City over the weekend with a uh, good brother boss and I actually made a financial investment on one Joe Harris to win the three point contest. You degenerate. Fuck you. So here's the thing. I got to give all the credit to our guy, Dylan. Yes. The Nets fan, the Nets fan, the huge Nets fan. Uh, one of the very few Nets fans that I actually know. And he was like, yo man, Joe Harris, let's bet Joe Harris. Now I will say he was on my radar because I liked the number. Mm hmm. And then you look into it, and yeah, if you've watched Nets games, and you know, I've dabbled in a little bit of daily fantasy, he's not a bad three point shooter. He is a little bit of an unknown to the uncommon NBA fan, right? The guy who isn't a league pass guy. And look, let's face it, D'Angelo Russell emerged this year. He's an all star, and they don't really have much excitement. They have a lot of C plus, B minus guys. Yeah. to the Nets. And look, they're playing themselves into the playoffs. If you look at the regular season standings right now, they're the sixth seed in the East. They're 30 and 29 and Joe Harris is a big reason why, you know. He's a, a 3 and D guy and actually he plays on the he, he's a two guard for them, but yeah, man, shout out to Joe Harris who was uh he he's going to be remembered in my book, that's for sure. For sure. And speaking of betting, um dunk contest love Actually, no, man. And uh, the reason why, Imp, and, you know, if you guys have listened to us break down props in the past, you know, Impy and I, we run the, the sports betting show, Degeneration Bets. Imp, what have we always said about betting on props during the Super Bowl? It has to be something that you could identify with a box score. Something concrete. Yes. It ha you have to be able to go in the archives and be like, yo, look, there, there's a reason. Uh, there's a statistical reasoning behind this selection, right? I can see that Joe Harris scored X amount of three-pointers and he won. The dunk contest is judge-based. You have a panel and they vote on it. So there's a bias to it, you know? What Impy perceives to be a 10 might be a 7 in my book. So Vegas doesn't really, in sports books, I got to stop saying Vegas only because New Jersey regulates sports betting now and, and a Delaware. lot of other places, Delaware too. Um, sports books... They don't want judge-based results. They don't want, is this person going to show up on the TV X amount of times? Because it's all subjective, where it's mm -hmm. not concrete evidence. So that's why you can't bet on the dunk contest legally. Got it. Got it. So if, um, as we're talking about NBA All-Star Weekend, give me give me like something, man. You know, there's a lot of storylines, right? Like, I, I mean, I'll start this one off. Uh, the picture that was going viral was... Anthony Davis and LeBron James dapping each other up, and they're both looking at each other like, ah, we, you know, better off unsaid, but we know what's good over here. Right, fam? Right, fam. Yep. I got you. So for me, it was that interaction. What else stood out to you uh, All-Star Weekend from what you saw? Uh, so there was a really, really cool, um, 
I guess you can call it like a, uh, like a behind the scenes where, all right. So, uh, you know, a lot of the times when you're kind of, you, you, when you're a professional in the broadcasting industry, I guess you could say, right. Like there are times when you have a mic on and there are times when you don't. Um, and so I'm not sure if Steph Curry knew that uh, coach uh, Mike Budenholzer had a mic on, um, but uh, Budenholzer and, and Steph Curry were talking during like an all-star game practice Um and, and, and Steph Curry mentioned uh, interaction that he had with James Harden. And this will tie back to actually what, you know, Tim Tim has been on the record saying that he hates the way how James Harden plays. You know, he hates the style of ball that's going on right now, this hero ball. Um, and it's funny that, uh, you know, Steph Curry was next to Budenholzer who had the mic. Uh, and, and, and you can even see Steph Curry kind of almost like turn his back to the camera. But I guess he didn't know that the guy had the mic on. Uh, and he was like, you know, it's crazy. Like I was talking to James, he's talking about James Harden, and he's like, you know, James hates playing this style of basketball. You know, he's he he doesn't want to play like this. You know, he kind of envies Golden State and how they move the ball around, and and every night someone else can have a thirty point game. Uh, and so it, it truly is a testament to James Harden's will to win. He doesn't want to play that the way he's playing. He doesn't want to play hero ball, but he has to. Uh, and it's just funny to kind of hear. Um, you know, him tell Steph that, and then Steph, you know, talked to Mike Budenholzer at this all-star game practice, mic'd up, and now the world knows. Uh, it's just good to know, like, you know, look, no one's a fan of ISO ball, but at the end of the day, these guys are competitors. They want to win, and the only way, and we've we've both agreed that the only way for Houston to win throughout all the injuries and the suspensions was for James Harden to get 30. He almost, he almost hates the streak now. He kind of is just like, it's almost like a hindrance to him to get this 30 points a game, so... I was just really kind of blown away by that. Um, you know, so I, I like that kind of that little interaction there. I mean, he he's absolutely right in the sense that he needs to do it, right? My yeah. whole argument behind, you know, when Tim and I butted heads on this exact situation, and I wish Tim was on this episode uh, to, you know, to defend himself. But, we're, we're you know, we're not going to take shots at Tim here. But what I want to say is, like, yo, what did you want the guy to do, right? Chris Paul was out. Capella was out. Eric Gordon Gordon this year as a shell of himself. He had to shoulder the load. He had to do this thing. Whereas, you know, you look at what Russell Westbrook was doing with the Thunder a couple years ago. Dude, he shot 400 more times than the DeMar DeRozan, who was second in the NBA in shot attempts that year. Sheesh. And he had a, you know, you see what Oladipo was doing prior to getting hurt with the Pacers, right? He had a wingman that could carry it. Yo, Oladipo was an all-NBA guy last year. You know what I'm saying? And you had, even last year, you had Paul George. You had Paul George this year, and you see what Russ is doing where he's taking a back seat now. Not a back seat, but he's like, yo, you know what? I'm not going to shoot the ball 27 times and shoot us out of games, which I, I don't know if you were following. The uh, team LeBron was down like double digits, and then Russ checked in, kind of shot them out of the game and uh, let LeBron get back into that game. Team LeBron, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it's, like, it's like sometimes as fans – we lose track of the competitive side of the sport. It's like we want to be entertained and we want to watch great basketball. And I feel like at times we forget that, you know, these guys want to win and they don't really care about putting on a show. You know, they have that 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 hunger and that drive in them and, and they don't really care. And and that's why I'm such a big fan of Russ is just because, like, Russ don't really give a shit what you think about him. He look If you look at his winning percentage over the course of his career, it's ridiculous. He may not take the greatest shots, but you want to know something? He wins. And so, like, it may not be pretty, but he wins. And so, like, like as fans, sometimes I just think we need to take take a step back and just kind of understand that these guys want to win these games and they'll do whatever it takes. You know, maybe I got to shoot the ball 30 times, but at the end of the day, if we win, that's all that matters. So, you know, kudos to, to James Harden and, and them boys. 
Also, Russell Westbrook, according to Stats and Info, they've won 72% of the games in which he gets a triple-double. So it goes yes. back to what you were saying. It, it's yeah. also something that needs to be done for them to win the games. Uh, all right, I want to go back a little bit. Let's backtrack a little because another takeaway I have we'll get to. But, you know, we got a pretty dope question from one Mark Hamlin one on Twitter. Should the Pelicans be forced to play AD or should they be allowed to keep him on the bench to avoid injury risk? I'm on the fence about it. As a fan, you want to see him play. As a GM, you don't want AD to get hurt and lessen the ideal trade value. It goes back to what happened over All-Star Weekend. Anthony Davis has kind of held this team, this franchise, hostage. Yes. He says he wants to get traded. He only wants to get traded to the Lakers. They, uh, I'm not going to say broke, broke the bank, but it was like, what more would you have wanted if you were the Pelicans? They pretty much gave you everyone but Rondo, who you had, and yes. LeBron James, who they're not going to trade because that's the reason why they want you to go pair up with him. So you don't do that. You check out of a game early. You refuse to play. You're getting booed in your home your home stadium, your home arena. Uh, you leave the game early, like I said, prior to All-Star Weekend, and then you show up at the All-Star Game, and everything's fine and dandy, and then you, know, you play like five to six minutes, I think it was his box score. And it's like... Are you soured on AD at all with some of like his antics that have been going on, man, the last couple of weeks? I dude, if I was a Pelicans fan or or even the GM, I'd be pissed off. Like, what? Right before the break, there's the shoulder injury, right? Is it a shoulder? Shoulder, yeah, yeah. I mean, yo, shoulder dude, it's been it's been so much shit with him. Like, it's a finger, it's a back, it's a shoulder, it's an ankle, it's 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 you know, he got poked in the eye, he misses two weeks. Like, this has been a guy who. For the most part, he's avoided the devastating injury, but he's had a lot of those like nagging injuries, you know, pulls a hamstring, uh, you know, uh, rolls an ankle, but it hasn't been the, you know, God forbid, knocking on wood. He hasn't torn an Achilles. He hasn't blown out a knee, but it still adds up. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I would just be frustrated to kind of try to piggyback off of what you're saying. Like, I would be frustrated that the guy, you know, has this injury at the end of the All-Star, heading into the All-Star break. And then, you know, Woe's just tweeting like a couple minutes before the game. Like, you know, the plan is to kind of test the shoulder out to see if he can go and play a couple minutes during the All-Star game. It's like, come on, dude. Like, you're really going to do that? It's like a slap in the face. And and also, like, for all the shit that Charles Barkley gives these current players, like, I, I kind of agree with Charles in the sense that, you know, he mentioned that. That uh, Rich Paul, who is, um, you know, uh, LeBron's agent and now AD's agent at a Clutch Sports, you know, he kind of let him down. Like all of those trade talk rumors should not have been public. Like if you wanna, if you wanna request a trade, that's absolutely fine. Do what you got to do, especially if you're not gonna resign. But let's not make these things public. Uh, Barkley's on the record saying like his agent let him down and do a terrible job, and I agree. Yeah, man, and I just think that it sabotages everything. It, it sabotages the team, the fan base. It, it sabotages your reputation too. It's bad it, for the league, man. It's, it's bad. bad for it's bad for the league because he's a top five player, without a doubt. And for him not to be playing because he doesn't want to is kind of lame to me. Yeah. It so just, uh, it, just going public, the whole public thing ruined it. So, do you think that's on him or that's on the agent? I think it's the agent's fault. So at the end of the day, as Charles, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of just like riding Charles's wave here. He'll know better than me. He's like, look, man, that's your agent's job. That's not your job. That's your agent's job. Nothing should be made public. If you want to have these conversations, you have them behind closed doors. If you are going to let the team know that you don't want to, that you're not going to resign, that's fine. But you got to have those conversations behind closed doors. And so, like, personally, I, I, I'm on the fence. Do, do I think they should play him? No. Do you even think the fans want to see him play? 
first of all, I don't even think the fans want to see the Pelicans, period. But do you even think the Pelicans want to watch him play? Because it's like it's like it's like living with a, with a girlfriend that you broke up with almost, or it's like living with a girlfriend that you know that you're going to break up with, right? It's like, why do I, why are we even living together right now? It's kind of this weird, there's like a resentment factor there. It's like, we're living in the same apartment, but we don't want to be together. This is kind of weird. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. It never ends well. You know, I knew someone in high school that was in a relationship his senior year and then he left to go to college and him and his girlfriend at the time were kind of on a, on a timetable where, you know, I'm going to go away to college. You're going to go away to college. We're going to kind of do our own thing, but let's stay together in the meantime. And it never works out well. And if you were wondering, and that person that I knew was uh, myself, but we'll just move on from that. Uh, with that being said, though, man, no one goes to Pelican games anyway. They have, yeah. they're, they're, bottom, they're bottom eight in attendance. Uh, since he got drafted, they've peaked at 16th, but no one goes there, right? We've always mentioned how it's an arena that doesn't fill up. They had trouble selling out playoff t- games. You know, they've only been to the playoffs twice with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, you know what? I'm not the biggest Drew Holiday fan, but when he's like, I don't like his contract, but it doesn't mean I, I don't like the player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's tremendous. He's a top guard in the league when he's healthy. But prior to him signing that deal, you have to wonder like, damn, you know, I'm going to be paying $25 million to Drew Holiday. And chances are he's going to be in a suit a lot of the times on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I, I saw this interesting tweet. Um, I th- it must have been from a beat writer that covers the Pelicans. It, it has to have been. Um, if you and I had to put a number on it, like what percentage Anthony Davis is gone, I, I, I'd say like 95%, right? Like the relationship is pretty much beyond repair. Um, but then this, this writer brought up an interesting kind of scenario. He's like, like what if the Pelicans hired – Caleb Perry to be the GM because they just let go of Del, uh, of Demps. Mm-hmm. They just they just relieved him of his duties and they fired him. So what if the Pelicans bring in Caleb Perry from Kentucky as um as GM and head coach? Would Anthony Davis want to leave or would he want to stay? In addition to that, right? In addition to AD, maybe you get Boogie Cousins to come back to the Pelicans. You know that Kentucky relationship. So look, it's a, it's a it's a crazy long shot. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're a fan of these wild theories, like I am, I'm a huge fan of these. Um, then, you know, maybe there's some legs to this Calipari head coach GM dual role, like how they gave Tibbs, yeah. uh, at Doc Rivers, this this dual GM uh, head coach role. So, you know, if there's any kind of attempt to salvage the relationship, which I don't think is going to happen, that that would be a really interesting way to do so. Okay, so a few things. Uh- I am not a fan of GM and coach being the same person. I agree. So here's the thing, right? I need my GM to be watching the eighth man off the bench on the Jazz. If you're the head coach, you can't be watching him. You can't be doing the right studying for certain players to develop a trade package and to get a guy that might be an asset for you. You know, right? Like to go and get a Kyle Korver who might be a guy to hit a three for you in the playoffs or whatnot or go get a Meritage. You can't do that when you're the head coach. Number two, Calipari has always been linked to Anthony Davis and to the Pelicans for as long as I can remember. And any job that comes up, Coach Cal is always in the discussion. He was rumored to get the Nets a couple of years ago, but he said that he wanted like 12% ownership. And they're like, suck my balls. You're not getting 12% ownership. You know what I mean? So that's always been the case. His name is always going to pop up in rumors. Another thing, Imp, how many times has a guy gotten traded from a team and then came back to it? Because I don't remember many. 
No, I can't think of one either. So that that's always like a dope fantasy booking to use a wrestling term, right? Your fantasy booking, oh shit, this might happen. Let's let's do this because this might happen. It never really happens, right? The only yeah. person I can think of is uh, if you know we cross over into the diamond, then we go to baseball. Wasn't Chapman a Yankee? Got traded for for like a playoff run with the with the with the, Cubs. with the Cubs, and then he signed again. All right, so that's rare. That doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, for sure. That's the only one I can think of off the top. So that's just a pipe dream. I think for sure. it's beyond repair. I don't I, I think he's either gone in the summer or next trade deadline next year because remember he has a year and a half left on his contract and the the wife of uh the, the owner of the Pelicans who also owns the Saints, she was like, Yo, why do I gotta trade this guy? He's on he's still under contract with me. Yeah. So she stood her ground and she wasn't letting that rock. The, it, the issue becomes it's like what's going to happen next year. You, it's like you, if you would have traded him at the deadline now, essentially you'd get a year and a half of service of Anthony Davis. If you were to trade him to a team as a rental, right? That If you were to trade him as a rental, you would have gotten a year and a half. You know, you would have got this year's playoff run uh, and then full season next year and then uh, playoff run and then obviously, you know, the impeding free agency. But now you only get if you're trading for Anthony Davis and you're not the Lakers, right? Because rumors are he's going to the Lakers. So now if you're a team and you're trading for Anthony Davis, now you're only getting essentially one season of one playoff run. So I'm 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 pretty sure you could, you know, bet your bottom dollar on it that the value is going to be much, much, you know, lower because now you're only getting a season out of him. So it's interesting to see like, will a team, you know, pull the Raptors and a Kawhi and, and trade for him, you know, for, as a one year rental with a potential maybe you could resign him. Or you know, better yet, Paul George. Uh, or you know, do they just send him to the Lakers, or you know, or you know, or whatever the case is? So I, I'm just really curious to see how that how that unfolds. Is, is there a buyer uh, in the rental market for Anthony Davis for one season? Because you know what, it's it, it it won't be the first time. So that's what I'm really interested in to see. I think you bring up a great comparison between Kawhi Leonard and him, right? Like Toronto is all in on this year. They get Gasol too right before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline. And they got Kawhi Leonard, and you know I'm pretty sure Gasol's still under contract, but they don't know what's good with Kawhi. He no, got no, up and no, leave. No one, no one does. So yeah, look, if you're in a situation like the Raptors where you're kind of all in, and you're in a win now mode, and you know that the guy that's been stopping you is no longer in your conference, LeBron James, you see a pathway to the finals. I think you take it. Look, yeah. Toronto would be thrilled. I can't speak on their behalf because I'm not from there, but I would assume if they got to the NBA Finals, it'd be a win it's for them. A, it's a massive accomplishment, and the reason I have a kind of you know I have some decent insight into the Toronto Raptors because one of my one of my good friends uh, is from the Six. He's all over Raps Reddit, you know the Reddit page for the Raptors. He's a huge massive Raptors fan. He still has all the pack the TV packages, um, and he and he legit straight up told me he's like, look, I'm you know I'm I, I'm fifty fifty. I'm like, dude, gun to your head, what happens? He's like. Bro, I'm telling you, I have no idea. I hear quiet likes the warm weather, and, and that's all I hear that he doesn't like the cold. So it's like, you know, to, you know, the folks up north have no idea what's going to happen to Kawhi. I don't even think Kawhi knows what's going to happen to Kawhi right now, which is fine. Um, but yeah, like you said, a really interesting kind of comparison between Anthony Davis and Kawhi. And, and regardless, it will be an accomplishment for any of these teams to get out of the East because one of them, this will be a new team to represent the East in the finals. You know, one of the four teams at the top of the East. So, you know, we'll see. Last thing on All-Star Weekend, another video that went viral and a lot of people were buzzing about was the interaction after the game. 
between as Impy, if you guys could see this right now, he is jumping up and down like he's at EDC 2012 right now, just raging. Palms to the DJ, show that man love. Uh, Imp, what, what's good with this video? What were they talking about? Because Kyrie and KD were over there. They're vibing and shit. They're dapping each other up. It, it was just really funny because you see, I don't know if it was Kyrie or it was Kyrie. He like put up the number two. Like you don't really hear what they're saying, but he puts up the number two and he says two, and so everyone is saying like it's yo the Knicks got space for two max free agents, and so that was hilarious, obviously. And then you know everyone it was funny where someone did like the slow motion where when KD came out of you know the crowd to accept the MVP award, Kyrie kind of gave him one of those like rubs on the top of his head. Yeah, buddy, you know I'm proud of you. I'll see you next year in New York thing. Um, so that, you know, those kind of funny memes and, you know, interactions, uh, between Kyrie and KD were definitely fun this weekend for sure. I mean, look, if you guys think that there's no tampering going on during all-star weekend, you guys are out of, out of your mind. And look, it's been made public that in 2008, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James at all-star weekend were like, Yo, we're all free agents at the same time. It'd be pretty fire if we played together. Yeah, let's figure that out, right? Right? So it's always discussed because this is the only time where these guys, don't forget, these guys play Thursday night and then they're off They're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the game. They're all together. They're supporting their teammates who are in the three-point contest, in the dunk contest. A lot of them just go because, like we said, it's a showcase for the sport. You know, you're watching your young rookies and the guys are going to be future stars on Friday. So you're just laid back chilling, and I'm sure they're hosting events at nightclubs and they're at bars and they're at lounges, and they're just vibing and whatnot. And obviously it's like, yo, what's good, fam? Where are we playing next year kind of thing. So, hey, look, yeah. we're Knicks fans. We've been through a lot. It'd be, it'd be nice if uh, yeah. if that was the case. Speaking of the Knicks, man. You've been wanting to pull up a board to boycott games and whatnot. I know you said that in the past. I know Tim is all in on that idea. Did you hear this rumor that uh, one Bill Simmons put out about James Dolan wanting to sell the Knicks? I mean, look, the Knicks are the most valuable franchise in the NBA, and they've probably been the worst franchise in the NBA for as long as I can remember. So the fact that they're still very, 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 very profitable despite being – very, 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 very bad. It says a lot about the organization. And so, you know, if this is a scenario where, you know, James Dolan, the worst sports franchise owner in the history of sports franchise owners, um, you know, could potentially see a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, he's tired of kind of, you know, all of the back page uh, uh, news articles, right? He's tired of, of, of all of that. This is a scenario where he can get, you know, billions and billions of dollars for this team. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I think he's open to offers, but, you know, everyone's open to an offer, right? Like you, you go work in business or you go work in sales. That's right. I got an opportunity or, or I got something for you. Yeah, sure. Let me see an offer. Show me what you got. And so I think, you know, maybe if this was a year ago or two years ago, he wouldn't have been open to offers. But the fact that he's considering things uh, says a lot. But, you know, pipe dream to say the least. Man, so apparently he's. He's not budging off the number five, as in five billion dollars. Do you, Do you know what the Clippers were sold for? The Clippers were sold for two billion dollars. Damn. And think about this, yo. Uh, you know, I was listening to Bill Simmons. I'm a big fan of of his work, and he brought up a really good, in, interesting point. Where, look, did you know Steve Ballmer prior to him being the Clippers owner? 
he has ties to Microsoft, I think, right? Yeah, I get that, but like the name, I heard the name before, but I was never able to associate a face to the name. Oh, oh, but I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I didn't, I didn't, I no, no, no. I take it back. Did I had no idea who he was until he bought the Clippers. So, right, think about like how much swag comes behind that purchase too, son. Like you pull up to a club, right? Ippy, if you were the owner of the Knicks, I'd want floor seats number one. But number two, you pull up, you pull up to a party or a venue. They'd be like, they wouldn't say, "Oh, that's Impy, the creator of this app that makes ten billion dollars." They'd be like, "Yo, that's Impy, the owner of the Knicks." You're right. There's a, there's a, there's a status, like a different kind of of cool status to it. Yeah, it's you'd you'd essentially be the owner of not only the most, you know, the most valuable NBA franchise, but then you'd also be the I don't know how it works with Madison Square Garden, but you know Madison Square Garden is the world's most famous arena, and so you'd kind of you know own, you know you'd own the team that owns you know that plays in the world's most famous arena and you know in the biggest city in the world. So uh, a lot of prestige to this to this uh, you know to to buying the Knicks, and so you know, I, oh, man, I want to tell you something. So I have a source, man. Uh oh, sources. For real, this is legit, legit. Okay, holla at me. Uh, so, you know, I know some people that know um, Rich Kleinman. Ooh, I love where this is going. Yeah. And so this, someone told me that, you know, a way that KD would go to the Knicks is if Rich Kleinman became the GM. Uh, and it's it's funny because I saw odds for Rich Kleinman to be the Knicks GM before this source told me that. Mm-hmm. I was like... That's strange. I don't really get that. I mean, Rob Palinka is the GM of the Lakers, and he was also Kobe Bryant's agent. So it's been done before. Uh, and, and, and even now in New York, uh, Brody, Brody Van Wagnon um, was a big-time baseball agent, and now he's the GM of the Mets. So it's happened before, and it's happened recently. So it's really interesting to see if, like, obviously it's a super-duper long shot. Uh, and Scott Perry's done a great job as the GM of the Knicks, but this is a situation where KD comes. If you hire my agent as the GM, it's like, uh, where do I sign? You know, he, he, he's he been open to uh, discussing that in the past. Rich Kleiman, that is, that, you <clears> know, <throat> that would be a place that they want to uh, check out and they have businesses over there and whatnot. Yo, Imp, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Scott Perry the GM of the – yes, he was. He's the one that drafted uh, Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City. Yes, yes. So you do have – you know, he was Seattle. the assistant. Seattle. Correct. He was the assistant GM in Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder in 2007, 2008. That's when uh, Durant got drafted. Look, look, Scott Perry has a solid track record, and which is why you know I, I'm kind of hesitant on it because uh, early in the 2000s he helped build the Detroit Pistons team. Mm-hmm. I think, which is the only NBA franchise, one of the few NBA franchises that's won a won a uh, NBA championship without having a, a a past or future MVP, which is very interesting. So that's a kind of you know, uh, uh, um, uh, many rather than a couple few, right? And so, you know, to kind of, you know, be, be a large part of building that team. Uh, and like I said, not only a championship team, but it's a championship team that was deep and that was, you know, there weren't any superstars, superstars on it. And so that's impressive. And then he goes over to, you know, then then he drafts Durant in Seattle, which is kind of a layup. But uh, and then he was in Orlando for a couple of years. And then most, most recently he was with Sacramento. He helped to build the Sacramento team who as of late, um, has been playing very, very well. So, 
Scott Perry has a really solid track record, so I'm a little hesitant. But like I said, if it brings KD over, and then essentially we'll probably bring another one over. Scott Perry, nice guy. Uh, you know, I'll show you the door. Do you, do, you, do you Vince McMahon, Scott Perry, and wish him good luck on his future endeavors? Yeah, I mean, look, with all due respect, KD is more important than the GM. That's exactly it. If 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 you guarantee me, if I'm James Dolan, and Imp, you're you're Kevin Durant, and you go to me, yo, I'm signing with you, but my man right here is gonna be the GM. I'm like, good, Scott, come into the office. Yo, thanks, bro. Good luck on your future endeavors. Don't let bro, the door hit you on the backside. That's a bro, layup to me. Bro, if KD was coming to the Knicks, I'd let his mom be the GM, the real MVP. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yo, anyone can be the GM. We get KD and another max free agent. Literally anyone could be the GM at this point. But that's the thing, though. Like, we're messing around and shit, but it's true. Kevin Durant comes in. You hire whoever you want at GM. People are going to want to come to New York because you'll have that piece. Yes. You'll have Durant. Yes. Yeah. And then from there, sky's the limit. And for so long, the Knicks have been terrible. So it's like you bring over, you know, if obviously this is pipe dream, but if KD comes over, the Knicks are going to be good again. And so it's a different story. It's not the shitbag Knicks anymore. It's it's playing in New York City, playing in the, one of the biggest cities in the world, if not the biggest, playing in the most famous arena in the world, uh, and then playing alongside, you know, arguably arguably the best player in the NBA. You know, so it's it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Fucking Rich Kleiman, where you at? Rich Kleiman, where you at? Might be the title of this episode. All right, guys, let's get into a fun little exercise me and Ippy have put together. Um, we're done with All Star Weekend. We're done with all the fun stuff. We're at the home stretch now, man. Everyone has yep. about twenty five games left. Yep. Uh, we have seen teams in the past really use these next six weeks to get some momentum going into the playoffs. Right, the Utah Jazz last year. They were a borderline playoff team. They peaked to the five seed, or I, be I believe it was the five seed or four seed. But regardless, they upset the Thunder, which they were an underdog in that series, according to the sports books out of Nevada. Um, you've seen these teams gain some momentum and creep up into a three seed, creep up into a seven, eight seed. Let's power rank our top 10 teams, starting with number 10 mm -hmm. for this home stretch of games. Yeah. You want to lead it off or you want me to go first? Uh, you know what? The floor is yours. Why don't you lead us off? These are the top 10 teams we have going into the second half of the year. All right. So for 10, I have the Houston Rockets. Um, Ooh, okay. Hot or not? No, it's good. I have them on my list too. I say we should, we should, when you mention the team, let's see if either of us have them on the list. I do have them on my list, but go okay, on. Okay, cool. All right. So I have the Houston Rockets at 10. Look, um, Earlier in the show, we're talking about how James Harden doesn't want to play hero ball, but at the end of the day, for his team to win, he has to. Uh, and he's been doing a great job of that. Um, but one thing to kind of mention is Chris Paul headed into the All-Star break. 19 dimes, zero turnovers in the Rockets' last two games heading into the All-Star game. Uh, Clint Capella is going to come back, I would imagine, very, very, very soon. And we all know when Capella, Paul, and Harden are on the court together, they're uh, very hard to stop. Uh, I have here 15 and 8. In games that are in games that Paul Harden and Capella have all played, and that's not even saying one one would be in limited minutes or not. So, um, and look, they're getting great production out of guys that, that they brought over on kind of cheap deals, right? Fareed Killen, he's doing really well in limited minutes, and Gerald Green as well, shooting really good from three. So, uh, the guys that they've kind of brought over in the limited capacity have been playing really well. And, you know, as I like to say, the reinforcements are coming, uh, uh, in a guy like Capella coming back. So, uh, other than Golden State, man, and this may be a hot take, you know, I'll take Houston over anybody else. 
Oh boy, I am definitely gonna push back on that when we get to one of my teams that I have listed. And um, and look, and, and I have Western Conference teams listed ahead of Houston, without a doubt. But I'm just saying, you know, seven game series at the end of the year, you know, come May, you know, come June, come April, whatever the case is, seven game series. Give me other than Golden State, give me Houston, especially when the big three come back in Capella, you know, when they're all on the court together. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going with my 10th team. I am going with the Utah Jazz. That's cool. Utah Jazz 32 and 25. As you look at the standings right now, excuse me, the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference are the sixth seed. It's important to note that between Oklahoma City, who is the three seed, and the 10th seed LA Lakers, you're looking at a four game difference in either direction. So yes. they're four games back of the three seed. They're also four games ahead of the 10th seed. So it's yeah. going to always be, if you haven't noticed last couple of years, the three to eight seed in the West is literally wide open. Yep. It seems like the top three, top two seeds have separated themselves. And then everyone else, it's like, you can either be the three seed or the eight seed all in one week. It's like, it's funny. I've mentioned this before. The East is so very top heavy with the top four or five teams in the East. And then it's kind of not much after that. But in comparison to the West, the West is just so deep from obviously one down to you can even go as far as 10, I'd say. So it's like, it's funny how like the, it's funny how both con- the, the conferences contrast each other. Although, like I said, a much improved Eastern conference this year, but yeah, look, Utah, you know, at 10, nothing wrong with that. I actually have them a little bit higher on my list. So, so I, I, I'm absolutely cool with it. Yeah, I just I just want to say the, the biggest reason for that is because Donovan Mitchell, the first six weeks and his last six weeks have been day and night. You know, he was a prime candidate to be made fun of this season for being a one hit wonder a freshman phenom and then hitting the sophomore slump. He came out very shaky, averaging 16 points per game. Now he's up to 22.4 points per game. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who, honestly, in my opinion, for what he did and the cast of characters he had, was Rookie of the Year last year. You know, no no offense, Ben Simmons, but I think a lot of it had to do with you having one year in an NBA system. And Donovan Mitchell was straight out from college. But anyway, that's not here or there. Donovan Mitchell is the biggest reason why they're a top 10 team for me. Because he's back to playing at that high level, and they're starting to play defense again. And Rudy look, Gobert I, has one yeah. of the highest plus minuses in the NBA, and to me, plus minus, I don't know. A lot of people feel different about it. It, it means something to me. Yeah, and look, Gobert was a snub, like we've said before. You know, big All Star game ain't for big men, um, but Rudy Gobert should have definitely been an All Star, and, and and I'll probably talk about the Jazz a little bit later on. Let you me go- let me let me piggyback and let me start off with my nine team. I have the Houston Rockets. Got it. That's look eight, you know, nine, 10, 11, eight, you know, yeah. that kind of that tier is fine. All right. So look, they're doing it with like Gerald Green, Eric Gordon, um, Kenneth you know, Fareed. Yeah, Fareed. Uh, I want to see, you know, I would like to see Shumpert now that Can't he's wait. there. Maybe, you know, another wing that they could throw at, at people. Um, Wow, I'm looking at their uh, I'm looking at their roster. Vincent Edwards, if you get a chance, looks exactly like Earl Thomas from the Seahawks. Let's go. It is unbelievable. But yeah, man, uh, look, the obvious biggest question mark is the status of Chris Paul and Clint Capella. And this is a team that set a franchise record last year, and they were the the top seed in the Western Conference. They had Game Seven at home. 
just so happened that Chris Paul got hurt. We know history mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, yeah, look, if you have a backcourt of Chris Paul and James Harden, it's arguably the best backcourt in the NBA, you are a team that should be higher up in the rankings. I am just not as high on this supporting cast as they were last year, right? Bo Mute is not there. Trevor Rees is not there. And those are two guys that they relied a lot on last year. So the absence of those two guys completely off the roster and the two guys coming back into the roster, I want to see how everything's going to mesh. Because, look, with Chris Paul there, James Harden is not going to be dropping 30 every night. Yeah. Because I think some of those shots are going to be distributed elsewhere. Yeah. And – Mike D'Antoni is notorious for running a, sh- a short rotation. Short rotation. He runs – in the regular season, he runs playoff-style rotations, seven and a half to eight guys. And so it's like – it was tough for him to do so early on with all the injuries and then early, you know, the suspension early, early on and then with the injuries. So it's like the guy is kind of co- – you know, he's not able to kind of coach the way he'd like, which kind of puts them out of hindrance. So, look, like you said, you know, it's all about the three. If the three are healthy and if the three are playing, it's really tough to beat them. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm with you. I want to. I want to just say something really important. If you look at my list, I'm also envisioning the crunch time lineup. Yeah. With every team, right? You're down. You're down four on the road. Game five in a pivotal two-two series. Uh, four minutes left. Who's your five that's out there? That's how I'm power ranking you too. Because when it comes down to it in the playoffs, that's really what you need. So that's a that's a pretty solid crunch uh, crunch time lineup for for the Rockets. If Eric Gordon, I think, is the biggest X factor for this team. Yeah. All right. So you're not you're not gonna like my nine then. Uh oh. Indiana Pacers. Oh, yo. Okay. This is this is egregious. So this is horrible. Go. The but tr- go. the truth the truth is we're talking top ten right now, and we're not talking top ten two months from now because the truth is, in two months, the Indiana Pacers will not be my ninth ranked team in the NBA. But as of now, that's where they stand. Um, all the teams behind them in the Eastern Conference are kind of freaking out, and they're like, "Yo, what the fuck's going on? No Oladipo, no problem." So, look, you got two absolute studs, Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis. Yo, no lie, if you ask me, they both deserve year-long awards. I'd give Miles Turner Defensive Player of the Year, and I'd give Sabonis Most Improved. Easily. You can even give Sabonis Sixth Man of the Year. No joke. Sabonis is a beast. So is Miles Turner. Um, I'm high on the Pacers. Look, <laughs> do they miss Oladipo? Of course. Uh, I think they are, you know, they, I think, where is it? They He shot 63% I have here on clutch shots down the stretch. They're going to miss him in the close game. But, um, you know, shouts to your boy Bill Simmons. Do you believe in the Ewing theory? Because if you do, the Pacers are a prime example of that. The Ewing theory is a team, when they lose their best player, they actually all, you know, the supporting cast around the best player plays better. And so... Um, if you believe in the Ewing theory, then that's exactly what the Pacers are right now. So, like I said, it was today, uh, February 20th, Pacers are my nine team. Three weeks from now, this may not be the case. All right. But didn't convince you at all. Yo, I, I, I don't think I've ever disagreed with a take you've had more. Let's go. Listen, man, it, it was bound to happen once. Yo, look, so... They're they're a, you want to talk about prime candidate? They're a prime candidate of completely getting swept in the first round of the playoffs. That's fair. All right, they they're gonna hold on to probably be a top five seed because of the ground that Oladipo has been able to make up on them. And let's face it, man, prior to them getting Oladipo, nobody, 
They, yeah, you know, they had Paul George. They had but, Paul George. That's absolutely. right. Absolutely. But I'm they, not replaced taking... them, they replaced yeah. them with a guy who was playing at an all-NBA level. Yeah. I just, you can't lose an all-NBA guy like Oladipo, who I don't agree with the Ewing theory when it comes to Oladipo. And Imp, you explained what the Ewing theory was, right? Yes, yes. The, the supporting cast gets better when the best player goes When the down. best player leaves. Um, I don't think Oladipo is a prime candidate for the Ewing theory. I, I do think that the Pacers are not on my list, as you saw my reaction to Impy mentioning them. It's, it's, it's a team that they're going to fall off because it's going to be too much. I think they're in this position now because Oladipo put them in this position, but it's it's not sustainable. That's why I can't power ranking. Yeah. Right now they are, you know, as I pull up the standings right now, I mean, I have the standings in front of me. They're a three seed, but yeah. they could easily be the, the five seed by Friday. Kind and, of and, 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 and that's fair. But the truth is, you know, this team is different because of the emergence of Miles Turner and Sabonis. And Bogdanovich is shooting the lights out too. Bogdanovich needs to shoot more. Like, he doesn't shoot enough. Yeah. The Pacers are like like a mob deep, right? Like they're like they're just deep. Like they they got a lot of unique players. I can't explain why I have this this love affair for the Indiana Pacers, but I just I love the style of basketball that they play. They hustle. Um, they can shoot. It's just I I, I love the Pacers. So um, and 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 I'm gonna kind of you know hedge my bet. The truth is, in two weeks, they could be. So far out of this top 10, it's not even funny. Um, but on February 20th, before we head over and head into the second half of the season, the Indiana Pacers are my ninth best team in the league. Last thing I want to say about the Pacers, I completely agree with you with Sabonis being a candidate for uh, improved. most improved. Yes. Without a doubt. And, and Miles Turner, too, for Defensive Player of the Year. All right, give me your number eight team. And look, we don't have to spend much time on this, the Utah Jazz. Um the Jazz have a shot to be a top four seed in the West. Um, we've mentioned it before. And what's crazy is they haven't had a home court first round playoff series since John Stockton was the point guard to put that into perspective. So, um, you know, you went over the Donovan Mitchell stats, so I don't have to touch on that. And then I obviously mentioned that Gobert was a snub and it's, it, and it's the truth. But now this is interesting. They have nine. So they only have nine more games against teams that currently have winning records. And when they do play games against bad teams they take care of business mm-hmm. since christmas 12 and 0 against teams uh that are under 500 so this jazz team beats up on bad teams and i'm sure they're going to sneak sneak out sneak out some wins against good teams as well um you know similar to last season hit the all-star break and they took off i wouldn't be surprised if the same you know goes for this season um and so you got to beat up on the bad teams and that's what the jazz do so, you know, we don't have to spend much time on the Jazz, but I just wanted to say that. My eighth team are the Portland Trailblazers. Nice. Um, once again, it's the same old shit with them year in, year out. It's it's Damian Lillard. It's CJ McCollum. Uh, I don't know why people want to split them up. I think they're fantastic together. And it's a dynamic that's worked. Look, they were a top three seed last year. They ran into a guy in Anthony Davis that was on a mission, and they got obliterated shady and his canter i like it and you like called it. it yeah yeah you know and his canter if you guys don't remember a couple years ago before he signed that deal with the thunder well when he re-upped with the thunder the blazers had offered him a contract but he was a restricted free agent so what that means is the team that has your rights 
has the right to match the offer sheet. So there's always been like a love affair between the two sides. He ends up there, got bought out by the Knicks and whatnot. So he's there now. It, it's it's the same old shit like we mentioned. You know, they are getting some con- uh, contributions from like Seth Curry. I do want to see Rodney Hood now. Rodney Hood was like the prime uh, analytics guy last year. Remember when Gordon Hayward uh, got traded? They're like, well, you know, his, uh, uh, his uh, PER... When, you know, if you if you stretch that out over a purse 36 kind of thing, he's actually better than Gordon Hayward. But it's like, yeah, man, there's certain things that, sorry, analytics don't account for. So Rodney Hood has always been a darling, uh, you know, Mo Harkless, whatever. It doesn't get me excited, but shout out to Queens. Uh, one thing about they're not in my uh, top 10, but um, I love Nurkic, man. Really great passer. I, I'm a, You know, everybody knows I'm a fan of big guys that could pass. Yeah, I mean, everyone that listens to the show knows about your love affair with these, like, Euro dudes that pass out of the post. Shout out your boy Jokic. Just had his birthday the other day, 24 years old. Crazy. So, like, yeah, man, you know, Nurkic, who, which, by the way, Nurkic used to be with the Nuggets. Yes. And then he got traded away because they wanted to open it up for Jokic. So. Yeah, and, and great call. Great oh, call. I mean, fantastic, without a doubt. Uh, all right, my seventh seed in this power rankings Knowing you, I think you might push back on this. I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Ding, ding, ding. We have the same seven. Okay. All right. So no pushback. All right. So once again, I mentioned how I'm basing this list off down four on the road game five, four minutes left. Who's your five? I'm throwing out Ben Simmons. I'm throwing out J.J. Redick, Butler, Embiid, and Tobias. I look like J. Cole. Warm up. Harris yeah look that's that's a team that you know they uh they have the five and they added some depth you know they get they get um excuse me I mean they have TJ McConnell they get Jonathan Simmons who I'm a fan of Mike Scott actually played big minutes for the Wizards these last couple years if you didn't follow the Wizards I don't blame you but he's a guy that was playing like he was like second third guy off the bench for them in big moments yeah so Last thing, I mean, I'm 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 saying with the Sixers here, the only issue I have imp, that I don't have him higher is Jimmy Butler. He has been a type of guy that you know he wants all the attention, and he's mm-hmm. not the best player on this team. No, not at all. So I'm wondering how that might play out. But for now, the 76ers are my seventh seed here. Look, I'm with you. You know, within the seventh seed here. Uh, I, look, I love the Tobias Harris trade. There's rumblings that they're going to re-sign him in the offseason, which may, which would make it even better. But the truth is, this is a totally different roster from when the season started. We don't know how they're all going to mesh post-All-Star break. The truth is, it's hard to balance four All-Stars at the same time. It, it, like, It's a great problem to have, but it, it may be an issue. We don't know yet. So I wonder if Tobias Harris may play with the second unit a bit. You know, get him some a little bit more shots, right? Like, let's mix him in with the second unit, um, and and see how that plays out because we don't we don't know. It's kind of the unknown, right? I guess is 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 is, is easier said than done. Um, and and then another thing is, you know, there's a team ahead of them that may not you know be as talented. Eh, actually, I, I take that back. Nonetheless, there's a team ahead of them that has owned them, dude. The Celtics own Philadelphia, like it's without a doubt. They need to figure out how to beat Boston because the Celtics I get so listen to this, ready? The Celtics went seven and two against the Sixers last year, right? And then they opened up this season and beat Philly again. 
Then the Sixers add Jimmy Butler, and the Celtics beat them on Christmas. Sixers add Tobias Harris, and the Celtics, without Kyrie or Baines, beat them again last week. So it's like it's like they're, they, they are owned by Boston, and so it's like they have a lot to work out. Very talented roster, but it's a new roster. So, you know, they have to work out the kinks with the four All-Stars, three and a half or whatever you want to call it. And then they also need to find a way to beat Boston. So those are my concerns with the Sixers. Very talented. They need to work it out, though. They need to work some kinks out. Imp, give us your number six team. The team that's coming out of the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics. All right, yo, you look at my list, dog, because I have my number six also. Listen, man, the Celtics are ninth in offense, fifth in defense. Um, Dude, shout out to the the Marcuses. They put Marcus Smart in the starting lineup, Marcus Morris in the starting lineup, and they've been playing better. Uh, it's nine and two. Uh, which, which, by the way, this is actually insane. Nine and two without Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Is there any resentment there? But look, uh, we I think we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Hayward's been playing a lot better lately. Um, and so you know that, that's that. Those are positive signs heading into the All Star break. He'll get some rest. Uh, and look, all I need is for him to be. You know, him. I need him in the playoffs. I need him. I need him to be Gordon Hayward in the playoffs. I'm not necessarily concerned where they finish because I I'll take Boston over anybody. So, just 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 be back to yourself by the all by by the playoffs, and I, and I'm cool with that. But, um, it's it, it's interesting. Celtics nine and two, six straight without Kyrie. So, um, you know, really really interesting there. And then you know, Al Horford's a huge X factor going forward, in my opinion. Probably the biggest X factor on the Celtics team. What are you gonna get out Al, Al Horford? So Celtics number six for me without a doubt, and my favorite, and and my team to come out of these. I mean, you want to talk about the Ewing theory? Uh, <laughs> That's may- a good one. Maybe That's- Kyrie. Yeah. You know, last year they make it to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, and they don't have him. You know, so look, Celtics. I'm with you. I don't want to spend too much time. I I do want to see, I want to see Tatum take over, like. I really want to see Tatum become the guy that everyone wants him to be. I just want to say one thing. It's funny that you mentioned Jason Tatum because I think he, and like this is going to sound so stupid, but he was in that skills contest, man, and I think he had a chip on his shoulder. I think he knows that he's discussed. He he knows for a fact that he's all, all up in these trade rumors, right? You know, Boston, Anthony Davis. And so it's like, let me show out, man. Let me show national TV, you know, who Jason Tatum is like. And hopefully he has a great second half. And hopefully, you know, maybe it can swing them from not trading him. Although if Anthony Davis is on the table, I think it's a no-brainer. But it's funny that you mentioned Tatum because it's interesting to see how he handles, you know, essentially being the centerpiece of, of an Anthony uh, Davis trade package. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I want him to be the guy that is being discussed to be in the key pickup that the Pelicans would get or any team would get in a trade. So let's see. Let's see him take the next step. All right. My number five team imp. I got the Denver Nuggets. Oh, fuck you. So do I. This is weird now. All right. Now it's getting weird. The first two were cool. Now it's like, yo, dog, we have the same list. All right. Here's this the is thing. Three in a row. Um, Paul Millsap was their big free agent piece last year. He missed about 40 games. And that was the reason why both of us were very bullish on the Denver Nuggets this year. Uh, Jokic. Me personally, he's in my all NBA first team at the moment because you have to have a center spot. So with a center spot, Jokic would take that for me over Embiid. Uh, you know, I really have always liked Jamal Murray's game. He's Should have been a Nick. 
He's taking the. I mean, everyone should have been a Nick. Uh, a mellow, no, no, no. That was the mellow. That was the. That was the draft pick. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was the, the draft, draft pick. pick. Oh man, that's gonna right. haunt us for like the next decade, isn't it? And look, Jamal Murray's not an All NBA player, but Jamal Murray's very, very, very good. He, I'm a big he, fan of Jamal Murray, and so he's yeah. solid. The uh, the one bit of concern I have with them is, you know, Isaiah Thomas is back, and they've been playing so well with this guard rotation of Will Barton, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, right? And it's like. I don't want to mess that up. Like, I want to leave that. Let that rock. You know, you're playing so well. But this is a team that has had some big wins in the past. You know, Denver's a tough place to play, especially when you're on a a back-to-back. You're in that altitude. Or if you're traveling from, like, you play the Lakers on Wednesday, then you got to go into Denver. That high altitude really affects team. I know there's a betting trend of, like, 75% of the time, the Nuggets win those games in that back-to-back scenario, uh, second half of a back-to-back. But with that being said, they are my five team. My only concern with them, man, and tell me how you feel about this since we have the same team, is you think the playoffs might be a big spot for them, man? They haven't been in the playoffs. Well, that's, that's the thing. They were on the brink of the playoffs last year, right? It was that play-in game with Minnesota, right? Yes, I, I believe yeah. it was. It, well, actually, the last two years, it's it's come down to the last game for them. And so I, I agree. And, and and so you're right. It's going to be an interesting spot. Spot, you know, it's funny that I say spot. Spotlight's on them. Uh, as they try to hold on to the number two seed in the West, the only team in the West with a tougher remaining schedule is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's right behind them in the standings. So they're going to have their work cut out for them uh, going into, what, the last 25 games-ish of the regular season. Um, you know, like I, like you said, Thank God that everyone's going to be healthy. I have here uh, this. This could be the first time since opening night, or since the first game of the right, or since the first week of the regular season, that the starting lineup of Millsap, Barton, Harris, Jokic, and Murray are all on the court together, healthy. Mm. And so it's like, it's like, look, they have a tough schedule coming up, but they're going to be healthy. Let's see. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Nuggets at five, without a doubt. All right, who's your number four team? Toronto Raptors. Oh, I don't have them at. They're on my list, but they're not at four. All right, go on. Great. Uh, they're one game back from the Bucks in the East. Top five offense in the league. Top eight and t- top eight defense in the league. Did you know that? And and this and I didn't know this. I know that they've been monitoring Kawhi, but he still hasn't played back to back games this entire season. So shout out to load management. Um, but dude, Siakam taking the next step. He's scoring so much more now. Uh, and and similar to what I've mentioned about Tobias Harris, like right, like maybe they could play Tobias Harris with the second unit to get him more looks. That's what ex- that's exactly what Toronto's been doing with Siakam. They've been taking Siakam. He's starting. Don't get me wrong, but they're taking him. You know, he's playing more with the second unit. So you know, n- no Kawhi, no Lowry shots, and he's running with the bench and he's being more aggressive. Um, so I, you know, when he plays at the five, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, small, really athletic. Um, but that's why you bring over Gasol. Uh, to kind of you know be that balance, so it's interesting to see how the Raptors going forward are going to play Siakam, uh, Ibaka, and Gasol uh, in the front court. Um, but I'm I, I love this Raptors team, uh, and so I, four for the Raptors. I don't know about you, kid. I'm going to save my uh, thoughts on the Raptors when we get to them. My four team are the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's cool. uh, I've gone on record, and now I've attached money to this imp. I believe that the only team in the Western Conference that could beat the Warriors are the Thunder because of the matchups that they present. Um, you know, without spending too much time on it, 
go go back and listen to last week's episode, but we talk about the dynamic of Russell Westbrook going up against the Splash Brothers and Paul George being able to uh, be the best player on the court. He's playing at an MVP level. They also have a bunch of wings that they could throw at, right? Um, you got Ferguson's been playing a lot. Grant has taken the next step. Diallo, uh, Diallo Queens, baby. I didn't even know that. I can't I can't believe I didn't know. I didn't even know Diallo was from Queens, Left Rack City. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Diallo winning the dunk contest. But they have wings that they could throw at the at, at Durant and, and the Warriors, you know, and they got Steven Adams too, who's been a guy that's always caused trouble for Boogie Cousins and Draymond Green in the past. But the only reason why I don't have them higher, Amp, is you brought up a good point how they have the hardest remaining schedule of all the teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, I have here. Sorry to cut you off. I have here seventeen of their of their la- of seventeen of their last twenty five are coming up against teams that have winning records. So, look, they're high in the West. They've surprised a lot of people early on in the season. No Westbrook, no problem. Essentially, Paul George takes off and kind of shows what. And I mentioned this last week. You know, I think I think Westbrook injury early on in the season did act, did actually did some wonders for them because he actually had that front row view, front row seat to seeing what Paul George could do. And then now he's healthy. He's like, look, I don't have to get 35 or 40 every night. You know, you know, Paul George is, is very capable of getting 35, 40 himself. So, like I said, the, the Westbrook injury could have been kind of like a blessing in disguise for this team moving forward. Yeah, man. And, and and Marcus uh, Markeith Morris, uh, they're bringing him back. They're bringing him over, right? Yes. So the, more they're, attitude. They're, they're gonna like the Morris brother over there in OKC for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is uh, this is the team to keep your your eye out on. Eye uh, out. Yeah, they're, they're they're really good. All right, uh, number three team. Who do you got? I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Um, yeah, look, I, I have a couple of notes here. You know, I mentioned that they're going to love Markeith Morris, and then they have a very, very tough schedule, like I mentioned. So, um, will will they finish this high? I'm not sure, but I do like your take on them being able to match up well with Golden State, if there is anyone that can match up well with Golden State. So, Oklahoma City three, Oklahoma City Thunder three for me. Um, may I roll with two? Hold on, let me give you my three. Okay, go. The Thunder with my four. My three are the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, look, I know you're all in on Budenholzer, and I feel you. They're actually a really good team on the road. They're 20 and nine on the road. They're 23 and five in Milwaukee. Eight of their they've won eight of their last ten games. Um, Giannis, we know all about him. He's it's a three man race with him and Harden really leading the charge for uh, MVP this year. Crunch time of Giannis, Bledsoe, um, Brook Lopez, Middleton, and now the X factor. I think. Miritich. Yeah. So my only concern with them is, look, this is a team that are they ready ready to take the next step, man? Yeah. You know, so Uh, let's just see. Let's just see with them. But at at the moment, they're my number three team. Lead us off with number two for you. Bucks. Okay. Perfect segue. So, yeah. Number one in the East, four in offense in the league. Number one in defense, by the way. Similar to the Kawhi Leonard stat that I just brought up, you know, a couple minutes ago, where Kawhi hasn't played back-to-back games the entire season. Ready for this, Nick? The Bucks haven't lost two games in a row the entire season. Wow. Talk about being talk. Yeah, talk about being consistent. In my opinion, the most consistent team in the NBA thus far. Um, someone at the Ringer, you know, I have to give credit. I think it was KOC. Um, he compared this Bucks team to the 2014-2015. Uh, Atlanta Hawks team. The difference 
The Bucks have a superstar, without a doubt, and that's Giannis. He will, in my opinion, and should win MVP. Um, the only concern is just like they're kind of like it's kind of you know they're built on shooting, right? Like they're yeah. built spread in the floor. Giannis having tons of space to operate, and they're built on shooting with a lot of great shooting bigs. My concern is like, will they a be healthy and b will they shoot well? You know, come crunch time. So, you know, that's kind of why I I slight lean Boston. You know, you know, in a seven game series, but um. As you know, as of right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, are the second best team in the league. That's fair. That, that's super fair. And, you know, we don't really break down games individually or talk about the schedule, but it opens up with the Celtics at the Bucks, uh, the TNT game on Thursday. So if you listen to this oh, beforehand, yeah. you want to watch some good basketball. It's two teams that, you know, if you listen to Imp, he has the Celtics winning the East in the end of the day. And but he has the Bucks as his number two team in the East, so it, yeah. it should be a fun game to start off the second half of the season. Uh, my team is the Raptors, man. I I don't know. Uh, it could be that I'm just super super high on Kawhi Leonard, but I think people it be famously said, motherfuckers forgot who Doug Martin is way back when he made a wild trade in fantasy football. I think motherfuckers forgot who Kawhi Leonard is who was in the discussion to being the best player in the league at one point, uh, MVP candidate year in, year out when he's healthy. And look, people were making fun of LeBron James for load management as being a reason for him missing a game earlier this year. Uh, I think what they're doing with Kawhi Leonard is fantastic. Don't play him on back-to-backs. Keep him happy. Keep him healthy. They add Jeremy Lin, who is a nice addition for depth. He played uh, in a limited role before the before the All-Star break. Played well. I think he scored yeah. like 10 points in a few minutes. Yeah. Gasol, right? You have Danny Green. You have Kawhi with the veteran experience. Look, don't forget, Serge Ibaka was making deep playoff runs with the Oklahoma City Thunder 2. OG Siakam mentioned before. My boy, Fred Van Vliet, who I'll, I'll go on record to say, and the reason why they got swept by the Cavs last year was because Van Vliet was hurt, man. Van Vliet was a right. huge part. Sixth man of the year should have been uh, last year. Or was he? No, he didn't, he didn't win it. He should have won it. No, I think Lou Williams won it last year. Lou, yeah, Lou Williams is like Mr. Sixth Man now. But yeah, I got the Raptors as my number two seed. And look, obviously there's one team we didn't mention. Consensus, number one seed. Yeah. Year in, year Gold, out. Tell Golden us about State. the Golden State. I mean, look, I'm convinced they're going to win the NBA championship. I think everyone's convinced that they're going to win the NBA championship. But the truth is they still have some issues that they need to iron out. Uh, for me, it's two things. One, it's kind of like figuring out you know, the lineups with Boogie Cousins. Um, you know, who's healthy now. Um, and they got to find a way to get, you know, like I said, they need to find a way to fit them all on the floor. All, you know, I like to call them the five all-star, the five all-star starting lineup, which in 111 minutes, Nick is actually a plus zero net rating. So they need to work some kinks out. Uh, and then also they got to get better defensively. They're ranked 15 right now in defensive efficiency league wide. Look, I'm literally uh, uh, digging for something here. Um, and the truth is, if you ask me, defense is an effort thing yeah. and it's hard to give effort when it's game 39 of the regular season and you're playing in fucking Washington, D.C. or, or, or you know, whatever the case is, defense is an effort. Uh, uh, it, it falls under effort. And so I just think that, you know, they're not playing as hard as they could on defense. And, you know, come April, come May, come June. Will be a totally different story. So, and 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 they're and and they're historically known to turn it around on defense. So, 
you know, just 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 fix it on defense a bit, which I said is an effort thing, and 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 figure out the kinks with with the the all five all star lineup. I think the one way to beat Golden State is let Draymond Green believe that he's the third Splash Brother. This <laughs> guy then, has shot him games that they've lost. Uh, marquee games have been because he's shooting like seven eight threes. He's shooting twenty three percent from three point. Look, he's not really having a great year. I don't know if it's no. a hot take or not, but he's really the what I think is the biggest issue with the Warriors. I think it's it's just Draymond. Yeah, someone's no, gonna give him a max contract, and I don't know if I would, man. Yeah, I don't know if I'd give Draymond a max. Um, but you just gotta understand how Draymond feels. He was there before everybody else, right? He was a, sec- a second round pick or end of the first. I don't even remember. Second round pick, yeah. Dude, he came up with the Stephs and he came up with the Clays. You know, he he's one of the OGs, and so it's like, you know, I kind of understand why he's why he, why he wants to be with KD on the sidelines. Like, yo, you're not gonna be here next year, man. We all notice. Like, stop, whatever. So, um, you know, I I don't have much to say on on Golden State. You know, other than the fact that you know, I you know they'll win the championship this year. Um, we'll see where KD goes. We'll see where Clay goes. If you ask me, KD goes, Clay stays. Um, but like you said, Draymond. I don't know if it's it's next season. He's up for a, he's up for yeah, a free agency. Well, I'm saying later down the line when his contract is up and it's time to pay yeah. him. I don't know if I would want to pay him. For sure, for sure. Um, so. And then I, I've mentioned the crazy theory. You know, me and my theories that Draymond is is, is starting the beef uh, with Clay. Uh, sorry, uh, Draymond is starting the beef with KD so that they can give Draymond the max and not oh. Clay. Okay. Uh, fuck! I keep saying Clay, KD. Yeah. Let's, let's 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 cook up some beef with with KD, the guy who we don't know if is going to stay or not, just so that I could get paid because I want to stay. Which is a, which is like, you know, it's far fetched, but like, you know, if I was a schemer, I kind of feel that it's like, let's get yeah, this guy you out of here so that you show people that they're true colors. Exactly. Interesting. So. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed episode 002 of the NBA show. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Uh, Shout out to my guy, Nick Zav. I didn't mention it last week, but he's the one that sent us the beat over for the intro that is uh, getting some uh, positive love as well for the NBA show. So shout out to Nick Zav. Um, I'll put his Twitter handle at the end of the show in the bio for you guys to check out. Imp, where can they find you if they want to contact you? I-M-P-Y-718. You already know Twitter and Instagram. DMs are open. Uh, and then real quick, just to plug it again, check that Man on the Street video on YouTube, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. Uh, Nick killed it behind the camera. I killed it in front of the camera. It was mad cold. I can't wait to do it again soon when it's not you know, freezing. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, yeah, much love, guys. At The Lame Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch, if you want to support the show, not only give us a follow at Veterans Minimum on social media, but, you know, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Anything helps the brand grow. And, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to do some more fun stuff thanks to some of the money that we're getting from Patreon. So we absolutely, absolutely appreciate every dollar that is sent our way uh, from the bottom of my heart, as Stone Cold would say. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you next week. Peace.